0: Welcome to the Plant School Podcast. I'm Rachel and here we learn about plants, how to care for them, how they work, and I keep it simple and taught in a way that anyone from beginner to expert can enjoy. Join me in Plant School. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 65 of Plant School. Today we're going to be talking about organic plant care And it's definitely something that has gotten much more popular over the years. So my question today that I want to cover with you guys is, is it really better? You know, what are the benefits to it? What are the cons? We're going to be diving into that. I know there's a lot of maybe heated opinions or mild opinions, but before we dive in, I just want to tell you guys a little bit of my background and where I'm coming from. So I come to this question with a background in landscape management. That's what I graduated in. That's what I studied. And I took classes like pest management, which we'll kind of get into today. And also I took quite a few classes about soils. And in those classes, we talked quite a bit about fertilizer since soils are where nutrients are coming from, right? That's where the plant is pulling up those nutrients and fertilizer plays a huge role in rejuvenating the soil. So for me, I, having taken those classes and learning from professors and professionals in the field, I personally feel that synthetic fertilizers, ones that aren't organic, they are really remarkable because if you think about it, they allow us to have a sustainable food source for the world. If we didn't allow farmers to use, you know, like synthetic pesticides, they would lose so much much of their crops and they probably couldn't support themselves because they wouldn't earn enough money. They wouldn't have enough things to sell and support the people who eat their food. And also just organic fertilizers. I'm not sure if they could really keep up with really large-scale operations. Prices would probably need to skyrocket because organic fertilizers are more costly. So we'll get into all of this but I just want you guys to know I come with a background of thinking that synthetic fertilizers and synthetic plant care is really not all that bad. It allows us to do remarkable things when it comes to agriculture. When it's in your home for houseplants, since I mainly talk about houseplants on this podcast, I would say, you know, it's up to you. It's probably doesn't make that much of a difference and we're going to dive into that and you can make the decision for yourself but I hope that you will but I hope that you guys will also see that synthetic fertilizers and synthetic pesticides are great options for large-scale operations and for us to get the food that we need. All right so just starting really basic. So when I talk about organic plant care, there's mainly two things that this really revolves around. I'm sure there's some other small things, but it really revolves around organic fertilizer and organic pesticides. So we're going to start with fertilizer and talk about that a little bit, the difference between organic and synthetic and all of that good stuff. Plants, they need fertilizer because the nutrients in the soil get depleted. You're watering the soil again and again, and nutrients can leach out with that water. And also, the plant is actively uptaking nutrients from the soil. It's pulling them out, and it's using them. So adding a fertilizer, whether organic or synthetic, is usually necessary for all plants, whether they're being commercially grown or in your home. So just to define each of these for you. A synthetic fertilizer, it means it's man-made. It has artificial nutrients, it's created through different chemical processes, or it can be mined from mineral deposits. And on the other hand, organic fertilizers, they are produced naturally without artificial agents or processes, and they usually involve animal waste and other byproducts. That's usually where the fertilizer is coming from. So it can be things like manure, compost, bone meal which is literally bones ground up blood meal which is dried up blood worm castings worm poo urea which is basically pee and other things so a lot of a lot of waste products usually from animals are being used some of these are recycled things that would normally be wasted right they don't have a big farm where they're just collecting from animals. I assure you that it's probably just a byproduct that they are repurposing to be used as a fertilizer. Okay, so diving into synthetic fertilizers. what What are the great things about them before we get into the not so great things about them? Number one, they're less expensive. They are easier to use. They can be produced in bulk and they have long shelf lives, so they last a long time. And that really shows in their price as usually being cheaper. The second really great thing about them is that they will show quick results. So synthetic fertilizers, they are made in a form that's ready to break down and be used right away and have immediate effects. It's especially great for a farmer. Maybe they take a test from their plants. You can literally take leaves from a plant send it to a lab and it will show you what that plant is lacking and what it needs. You can do the same thing with the soil. You can take soil samples and a lab can show you what the soil is missing and what it needs. And so immediately you can see what you need to be applying and use a synthetic fertilizer to readily get that to the plant and have a healthy plant. So it's great for farming. Another pro is that it is easy to apply. Most synthetic fertilizers are liquid. And they can be applied to a lot of different plants without really having to change anything. They're also easier to mix with other things. If you are needing to like mix it with some sort of pesticide or another solution, you can go ahead and mix it in because it is a liquid. But on the flip side of synthetic fertilizers, so they can be limited in nutrients when it comes to the micronutrients. They are great at getting your plant the macronutrients, which there are only three that are considered macronutrients. There's nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. Those are the three that synthetic fertilizers are really great at getting. And then there's a bunch of micronutrients that most plants, you know, kind of need here and there. And synthetic fertilizers don't really supply those. I don't see that as a huge con though, since micronutrients, they are needed in micro levels. A big con of synthetic fertilizers is that they can pollute nearby waterways and hurt wildlife. As far as us using them in our house for our houseplants, I would say this one is pretty negligible. As long as you aren't like dumping your fertilizer water down your drain and just letting it drain away into your public water system, I feel like it's not really a problem. If you're a farmer, on the other hand, could be definitely a huge problem. Third con is that over fertilizing can be a big risk because the nutrients levels in your synthetic fertilizers they are higher they're more concentrated and too much can cause chemical burn and it's a little easier to do that with synthetic fertilizers and lastly synthetic fertilizers they since they can be absorbed so quickly by the plant and they don't Get released very slowly, they do require a more frequent application. You gotta keep putting it on your plant because a lot of it does get absorbed by the plant super quick. You can get special slow release type fertilizers, meaning it takes a while for it to break down and be available to your plant, all those nutrients, but it is more expensive. Okay, and moving on to organic fertilizers. And there is so much to organic fertilizers. There was a lot of things that I wasn't super familiar with because it wasn't something we really dove into my major since a lot of my major dealt with agriculture or landscape management. That was literally the name of my major. And organic fertilizers just weren't really feasible, so we would focus more on using synthetic fertilizers carefully and responsibly. But organic fertilizers, they create better soil structure with the nutrient-rich soil that stays in the soil for much longer. It, it releases very slowly. So that means another pro is that you can fertilize less because it's breaking down over time and it's usually broken down by the soil microbes like bac- the bacteria and fungi. So as a note, if your soil is cold, your microbes in your soil are going to be less active and it won't break it down as quickly. Your fertilizer is not really going to be moving in the wintertime if your plant is like by a drafty window and your soil is cold. It's kind of stuck in there. I feel like that's not a huge problem though for houseplants since for the most part they're in warm areas of our home. Another huge pro of organic fertilizers is that they protect the environment. They're using natural products that would be wasted otherwise. And so by using them, it's recycling a byproduct and also it's not polluting the environment in any way. And another great pro is that there is a low risk of overfertilization, And this is because organic fertilizers, they don't have a lot of nutrients in them. It's so much lower than synthetic fertilizers. So if you do use it, it's not likely that your plant will deal with chemical burn or anything like that because the nutrient levels are so low. And if you do happen, this is just like a little tip, if you do happen to use manure, which I honestly have no idea why you'd want to use manure on your houseplants, but you do need to be careful of the high amount of salts and possible weed seeds that you could be bringing in. Also, you can even make your own fertilizer via composting. You don't have to buy it if you really don't want to. We're going to talk a little bit about that in just a second after I go... Over a few more things, but the cons of organic fertilizer it is more expensive. They're becoming more cost effective though. Since they're getting more popular, they are finding ways to make them not as expensive. It does take a longer time to see results because nutrient levels are low. It takes a while for them to release and be available to the plant, so results are much slower. Don't expect when using organic fertilizer to apply it and see your plant have crazy results because that just doesn't happen with organic fertilizers it takes time also it's hard to use on a large scale and figure out like what your plants are going to be needing nutrient-wise months ahead of time because it takes months for these nutrients to be ready for the plant so it's really hard let's say for a farmer to know oh my plants are going to be needing these nutrients in three months and so I should start putting down my organic fertilizer and another con and this one may not be a big deal to you often organic fertilizers can be smelly you can imagine you know doing something like there's like seaweed organic fertilizers may have a bit of a fishy smell and if you're okay with that, then it's nothing to worry about. Okay, so we've covered pros and cons of each, right? We kind of have a grasp of both sides of synthetic fertilizers and organic fertilizers. I looked into different scientific studies, and if people had, like, used both, and what they saw from these experiments, there was one in the Journal of Plant Nutrition and Soil Science, and they tested the impact and taste in tomatoes and they actually found that people when eating them preferred the ones fertilized by the inorganic fertilizer the synthetic one because it had higher amounts of sugar and people liked the taste of that it also created more tomatoes using those synthetic fertilizers because the nutrients were much more readily available to them Another study showed that, and this was in the Journal of Biology of Fertility of Soils, and they found that organic matter levels and soil microbial activities increased with organic fertilizers, basically meaning that when they used organic fertilizers, it led to a long-term productive soil, a more healthy soil. Another study I found, I read through a lot, but I just am mentioning the ones that seemed relevant. It was in the Ecological Engineering Journal, and they found that manure would actually uptake heavy metals, and it would keep those heavy metals out of the water, and it helped the crops have higher yields. So using that organic fertilizer through the manure could actually help clean, and it could help the crops as well. But just by and large all the studies that i went through they reaffirmed that organic fertilizers are amazing at helping soil structure and promoting healthy soils so there are some really great benefits to them and i think especially so as houseplant owners having a more productive healthy soil in the long term is something that could lead to long term health of your plants especially when you're not You don't need your houseplants to be producing anything for you. There's no one relying on your houseplant for their food. So I would say that organic fertilizers are a super great option for people like us who are hobbyists in the houseplant world. But when it comes maybe to large-scale operations or farmers or maybe you trying to do it in your yard. Synthetic fertilizers can be a great option for that just because organic fertilizers sometimes aren't feasible. They aren't adding enough nutrients and they aren't getting to your plants when you need them to. But in your home, I would say that it's a great option. So the question is, what is the best organic fertilizer to use if you have no experience with them which is kind of where I'm at I've only used them a few times and I'm not super familiar with them so I did my research and I found three brands that had really great reviews and people had great things to say about them. So these are the three that I'll recommend to you. I'll put links in the description of this show. If you click the description, you can see these, look at the links if you're interested in getting them for yourself. So first one, Fox Farm Organic Fertilizer. It's just an all-purpose one that can work for most any plant. Another great one that had really good reviews was Espoma Organic Indoor Plant Food. And the last one, its name was Joyful Dirt All-Purpose Organic Plant Food. So all three of those are all organic options that you can be adding. I'm sure there's so many more that work great. But those are just three of the all-purpose ones that I found that can work for most plants. And you can actually even make your own organic fertilizers. There's a lot of recipes online if you like if you googled homemade fertilizer for plants and I can't say how effective they are because I've never made one. Some of them were pretty intense. Their ingredients were like soluble seaweed, alfalfa meal, blood meal, and soft rock phosphate, rainwater. So those ones seemed pretty intense. Honestly I don't even know where you would buy some of those things. Probably Amazon, I'm sure. But then there were some more like home-friendly recipes where people were using coffee grounds, ground up eggshells, banana peels, even like cooking water after you've cooked pasta and green tea. So basically making a compost is what these people I feel like were doing. And then I even saw some people who would just simply use, like after they had hard boiled eggs, or they would take eggshells and boil them. And they would take that water after it's cooled down, please don't put boiling water on your plant, and they would water their plants with that cooled off eggshell water. Or they would use bananas and boil them and use that cooled off water to water their plants. Again, I've never tried any of these homemade methods. I think the ones that are like your homemade compost, I think that could be very beneficial to your plants. The ones where you're just using like boiled egg water or banana water, I am not sure if they would really have any high nutrients, how much of those nutrients break down in the boiling of the water and become readily available for a plant. But I also don't see how it could be harmful to your plant. It might add to your soil by feeding the soil microbes, and maybe those microbes could supply some nutrients to your plants. Basically, the, like the sugars and the carbs in the water from your pasta would feed those microbes. Those microbes either break down the nutrients for the plant to use or they create byproducts that the plant uses to grow and to thrive. I've also actually heard, I've been wanting to like throw this tip out on the podcast for a while because I I read it. It was this book about parenting in like a more Nordic way. Oh, I forget the title of it, but it was this Swedish woman who had come to America and she was basically just talking and kind of lamenting how Americans really don't let their kids play outside too much and where she came from in Sweden they would play outside all the time even when it was freezing even when it was rainy and all these things but in this book she mentioned her mom who was very organic and eco-friendly and she had a wee can which <laughs> was a can for watering her garden where you can literally pee into it and you would dilute it a lot with water because pee is very salty And you dilute it and use your watery pea to water the garden. And she would use that because pea has a ton of nitrogen in it. And that nitrogen is great for plants. Like that is what contributes to their greenness and probably... The biggest one of the biggest nutrients they use so it makes a lot of sense you know you don't want to go peeing directly onto your plants because all that salt in your pee could kill them but if you dilute it down it could actually serve as a good fertilizer I don't know if I'd recommend doing that for your indoor plants guys I feel like that's like one step too far of like, hello, welcome to my home. These are my plants. A little bit of my pea is in their soil. I think that might be a little too crunchy for me, but you do you. I would think about using it in my garden, but for my house plants, maybe not. All right, so we covered a lot about fertilizer. So just to wrap it all up, these are Rachel's final thoughts about organic fertilizers versus synthetic fertilizers. Just my personal thoughts after researching and from what I already know, I think on a large production scale that we are working towards more eco-friendly options and maybe soon we can start using organic fertilizers and they'll be more, they'll be more friendly for those large production scales. Right now I think synthetic fertilizers are doing a great job and for the houseplant world I think either one works great it's up to you plants honestly do not tell the difference it's you're not going to have a crunchy plant it's like "Mm, this is not organic I can tell I'm not using these nutrients they literally don't care it is all the same to them whether it's produced you know it's man-made or it is naturally occurring So your plants will accept either one. And I would say in the houseplant world, it's much easier to implement eco-friendly habits in your own home that can help your plants have a healthier soil. And I think it is a great option for houseplant hobbyists. All right, so we've wrapped that up. Next up is organic pesticides versus chemical pesticides. So this kind of entails the rest of organic plant care and does it really work? And this one as we dive into organic pesticides may not be what you think. The answer is much different than it is for organic fertilizers. So we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we will jump right in to organic pesticides. Oh my goodness, hello. It's me doing an ad for my own podcast. But I don't know if you guys know this, but this podcast, the Plant School Podcast, is put on by me, myself, and I. No one is paying me to do this. I do it in my free time. And I greatly appreciate any support that you can give to keep this podcast going. So there are three ways that you can support this podcast. Number one, you can share it with a friend. And if you do so, you actually enter into my giveaway All you have to do is message me on Instagram at tinnyplants and let me know that you shared it and I will enter you in to win some really cool Plant School merch for free. Secondly, you can buy Plant School merch all on your own, we have some really cool plant-related shirts and stickers as well as Plant School podcast-specific shirts and stickers. The link to my merch store can be found in the show notes of every single episode. And third option that you can do to support this podcast is to become a supporter. There is a link at the very bottom of the details of every episode of my podcast and you can click that link to support the podcast and set up a monthly donation It can be as low as $1 a month or it can be, you know, as high as you want. I won't tell you what to do. Any support that you can give is greatly appreciated. It allows me to spend my free time researching for you and helping you learn more about the plant world in a really fun and digestible way. I love doing this podcast and I would really love your guys' help in sustaining it so that I can keep going with it for the long haul. Thank you Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA, member FDIC. This is Justin Mason with A Mostly Green Life, the podcast that's making sustainability and our connection to the environment more fun and approachable for the eco-curious. For the people who want to do the right thing but are confused or maybe just overwhelmed with all the eco advice out there. For those interested in learning what the best things to do are in any given eco-dilemma, we want to join you on an eco-journey. Wow, that's a lot of eco-hyphens. From health and wellness topics, to at-home sustainability practices, to conservation efforts we can all support. We'll be talking to sustainability pioneers, regular people like you and me trying to do the right thing, and dig into environmental issues without all the politics and polarization going on. A Mostly Green Life podcast is here to save the day. And the planet. (laughs) Well, that might be a tall order, but if we all take small steps together, we can make a big difference and have fun along the way. Stay tuned by subscribing to a Mostly Green Life podcast. We look forward to going on this eco journey together. All right. So jumping back into organic pesticides versus chemical pesticides or synthetic pesticides. So the meanings of organic and synthetic remain the same from our discussion about fertilizers. Organic is naturally occurring. Synthetic is usually man-made or mined. And when we're talking about pesticides, and I'm sure you guys know this, but pests can be anything from weeds, bugs, microbes, even mammals. Literally anything that bugs you is a pest. Also, another thing we should know before going into this is that all pesticides, organic or synthetic, are toxic. And some organic ones are even deadlier than the synthetic ones. So one example of this is nicotine. It's naturally occurring plant pesticide that, you know, deters different insects from eating the plant, but can be very deadly to humans. Alright, and getting into the nitty-gritty of synthetic pesticides. So, most of them, they are designed to target a specific organism, and they usually pose little threat to the non-targeted species. So, for example, insecticides can target insects, and they will do nothing to humans. It's kind of how bug spray can target like a bug's neural system and literally make them scrunch up and die, but if you get bug spray on you, it's not, it's probably not great, but it's not going to make, like if you get it on your hand, your hand isn't going to shrivel up and die immediately like it would a bug. Synthetic pesticides, just like synthetic fertilizers, are less expensive than organic options in general, and synthetic pesticides are usually more persistent, meaning that they stick around longer. And that, that can also mean they affect the environment, but it also means less applications. And as I was researching, I was like, man, if synthetic pesticides are sticking around Isn't that going to be harmful for our food? But actually, they're pretty strict with what pesticides can be used on food. And so when they are, they have to follow these harvest restrictions so that there are no harmful residues on your food by the time that you get it. Another great thing about synthetic pesticides is that they do have a longer shelf life. And that was one of the pros of the synthetic fertilizer as well. And a con is that it may harm beneficial insects. So I mentioned that they can target, you know, insects and not mammals. But that means that it can hurt insects that weren't meant to be hurt, like bees or these great pollinators that we need. Or maybe it could even hurt the insect that's keeping your pest in check and it can cause secondary explosions of other undesirable pests because you killed the good guys that were eating the bad guys. And that's something that any pesticide can do. That's something that organic and synthetic can do. So moving on to the organic, and there's going to be some repeat in the pros and cons of organic pesticides, but they are less persistent. So they break down quicker, which is great for the environment, but you may need to apply more applications. So it's kind of, you know, potatoes, potatoes, Synthetic, you can apply once. It does a great job, but it sticks around. Organic pesticides, you have to keep doing it because it's not sticking around as long. So I'm not really sure which one would be better, if you could name one as better. Organic pesticides can include using something like a biological control, meaning that you're like, you're bringing in another bug to eat the bad bugs that you're trying to get rid of. This one, I I don't know if I'd recommend for houseplants. Because that would just mean more bugs in our house. And I'm not sure if that's what we're going for. Like if we had aphid problems somehow on our houseplants, bringing in ladybugs to come in to eat them might not be the best thing. If you have kids, they might think it's delightful to have ladybugs everywhere, <laughs> but as an adult maybe not so much. Organic pesticides sometimes aren't effective against all stages of like an insect life. So for example neem oil is an organic pesticide and it stops immature insects but it has little effect on the adults. And lastly just like I said for the synthetic pesticides it Organic pesticides can hurt beneficial insects as well and cause those secondary explosions of of undesirable pests. So after going over those, both of them can be toxic. Both of them can be dangerous. One is more expensive than the other, so maybe that's something that may sway you, but really I feel like they can affect the environment in the same way. They can accidentally hurt beneficial things in the same way. So what Should we do? What's the best option since both synthetic and organic pesticides, there's no huge differences between them. So what I personally feel like is the best way to address pest problems is something called integrated pest management. It's called IPM. And this is something I learned in my pest management class and how they taught us to control pests. And it's something that's highly regarded as probably just the best way. get rid of pests. So what it is, it's the use of several different tactics to control pests instead of just relying on one thing such as chemicals. And it can help solve pest problems while minimizing risk to people and to the environment and it focuses on long-term prevention. I mentioned it uses several different tactics. So that could be things like biological controls, habitat manipulation, modifying your cultural practices, things like that. An example of this might look like you have a plant that's having a pest problem and these are some things you could do. You could clean up dead plant material that's maybe sitting around in the soil of your pot and I'm using the example of a houseplant here. You could use pest traps like sticky fly traps to get rid of the pest you're dealing with or other mechanical tools to literally trap these pests. You could do different cultural practices like stop watering as much to keep your soil less wet and can decrease the pest that way since the wet soil can be a great breeding ground for fungus gnats or just fungus in general or bacteria you could increase air circulation to kind of help with those sort of problems and then at the very end once you have tried all the different ways you can use a pesticide if it is necessary. So that's an example of IPM, Integrated Pest Management. It's basically just going through all the options of pest control and using the chemical pesticide as the last resort. There are natural pesticides that you can use. Some of them can even be like household items. So soapy water, is a great option. You literally just mix a few drops of soap with water, and you can spray it onto different insects. Insects, a lot of them will breathe through these things called sphericals. and the soapy water plugs them up, and they literally cannot breathe and die. So this works for aphids, it works for thrips, and it works for mites. So if you have any of those, you can use this natural pesticide. Another option of a natural pesticide is simply dipping a cotton swab in rubbing alcohol and you literally wipe away the insects with your cotton swab. Rubbing alcohol literally pulls out all the oxygen out of the insect's body and kills them pretty instantly. I know this because in my pest management class we had to catch bugs and put them in this jar of rubbing alcohol and I always felt like this awful human being knowing that that all the oxygen in them was just going to be sucked out. I just I felt awful. Can you tell that like hunting and things like that (laughs) isn't my thing? I will stick with plants. But yeah, soapy water and rubbing alcohol are just two great ways to use things in your household to get rid of pests. You don't have to go in and buy any fancy pesticides to get rid of the pests on your plants. And again, like I said, if you've tried everything of the integrated pest management, you know, of manipulating habitats, maybe... And by that, I mean you could like put rocks or sand on top of your soil to stop pests from getting to your soil like fungus gnats and reproducing in them. Anyways, if you have tried all the different things, biological controls, modifying what you are doing with your plant and it's not working, from there go ahead and pick a pesticide, organic, synthetic, it really doesn't matter since both are toxic and it's mainly a matter of preference. For me personally, I feel like when it comes to houseplants... I do love neem oil and that is organic and when it comes to inorganic, I'm not sure if I would really use those in my house. If it was something like my yard, I think I would definitely go with a synthetic pesticide just because it will take less applications if you use it wisely and oftentimes the organic options that are used for larger scales like in a landscape or in a farm can be just as dangerous, if not more dangerous. Alright, so we kind of flew through the pesticide side of things. It was a little more simple since both of them can be toxic and there's a lot of different options to use instead of using an actual chemical pesticide. It took us a little longer to get through the fertilizers since there's so much to them, but I hope this episode was helpful to you guys. Organic plant care is it better? Going back to our original question, I would say in some ways it can be much better, especially when it comes to fertilizing. I think there's a lot of great benefits, especially for us houseplant owners. Organic pesticides, mm, there are a few that are great, but there are a lot of other options before even using a pesticide that are great, like we talked about, just manipulating different things. So all in all, as a houseplant owner, owner, I would definitely say that organic plant care is better. It's environmentally friendly, it's great for the long-term health of your plants, and when you avoid different chemical pesticides, organic or synthetic, by using different practices, that can be really beneficial by not bringing those chemicals into your home and just getting rid of those pests in a more natural way. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode and have a great week. I'm looking forward to have you guys here for my next episode on the Plant School Podcast. Thank you for being here and listening today, and I hope you'll join me next week. If you'd like to support this podcast and keep it going, you can find the support link below in the description and donate. Or, I have some awesome Plant School merch, including stickers, shirts, and mugs, and the link to my shop is in the description as well. And if you don't want to spend any money but still support the podcast, share this podcast with a friend, either verbally or electronically. This will even qualify you for my giveaway. Just message me on Instagram at tinnyplant that you shared the podcast with a friend, and you'll be entered in for a chance to win some goodies. Winners will be announced on the podcast. Again, thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great week.